so kind, so, so kind. Um, this is awesome to be here with you guys this morning. So, like Debbie said, I'm a kids pastor here, and I am often over at the loft, and it's such a privilege to be here with you guys hanging out with you today and sharing this morning. And those of you who are online this morning, it's great to be in your lounge room or living room or wherever you are. And I always wish that someone online is in Hawaii so that I can at least feel like I'm a little bit in Hawaii. So please, if you're online this morning and you're in Hawaii, please make a note. I'd love to know. <laughs> now, look, I um, before we get actually get into it, um, I know, Debbie, you were saying there's some chocolate fish going around. And, you know, I felt like that was a little bit unfair that part of us gets to have some chocolate fish and the rest of us kind of miss out. That's a bit unfair, right? So if you just reach under your seat, if you're lucky enough, there will be some chocolate under there for you. Have a little look. You might have to dig down slightly to the back. I went, spent the morning kind of pulling, a, moving things around, trying to get anyone lucky enough to get some chocolate? Oh, very lucky. And let's all be really responsible with our rubbish this morning, people. <laughs> so enjoy some chocolate while I share a wee story with you. Is it, is it feeling fair out there? Are there some people complaining? I can hear some complaints in the seats this morning. <laughs> Sorry, they are dairy food. I don't know if they've got gluten in them. Probably not. Oh, note the queen on there. Hear that, Becca. The queen's on there. She said, you're going to say something about the queen because you love the royal family. I do love the royal family. And it is noted, there's a nod for the queen this morning, um, that she passed away. And so um, her thoughts are in our household this morning. We have been thinking about her and the new stage that that family will be going through. Anyway, I've got a story for you this morning. And you're going to either enjoy it and appreciate it or be absolutely horrified by it, okay? So um, you guys are lucky enough to be in the first service this morning. You guys get the chocolates. There's no way I'm going to be able to have time between services to put chocolates under 100 old seats. So um, <coughs> you guys get the chocolate this morning and you guys get the story this morning because the chances of me saying again for the second service, I don't know how high that is. So you're going to enjoy this story. <laughs> now I've told the Eggings Life Group this story. So you guys will know this. And look, I had mixed results in their response to it. But I figure it's a good enough story I'm going to share it with you. Right. So I want to share a little bit about what we do at kids. And this is uh, something that happened. So we played a game. And what I did is I got some of the kids up. And we've been teaching living in the light. So living in the light is about uh, what you guys have been talking about. So we decided why not blindfold some of them so they can experience what it's like to not be living in the light. So we had a few groups on the ground, and we got one of them to be nominated to come up to me. I would tell them something to draw. They would then go back to their group blindfolded, blindfolded, yes, prior to going to the group. So they'd stumble along, go to their group, and they would have to draw whatever this thing was that I said for them to draw. So I might say, hey, draw a watch to them quietly. And so they'd go back, and they'd try and draw this watch. The kids would get it. They were clever. They'd come back, okay, let's think of something tricky, um, a lock and a key, see if you can draw that, they'd draw a lock and a key, and then they'd come back again, and so there'd be weird things like a pyramid or a house or, or whatever, an object for them to draw. Now, somebody um, on our leadership team, who I'm just going to call Ben Haslett, 
Um, he decided he would help. His name is Ben Haslett. <laughs> he decided that this was getting a little bit, you know, too easy for these kids. Why not make it a little bit trickier? So I said, sure, let's 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 do that. Now at this point, I had a few groups over here. Some saying, we've got this many points. We've got this many points. We're going to beat you. We'll catch up with you. We've got kids coming over, taking off their blindfolds, changing it over for new people to get their blindfolds on, and they were all wanting to know what the next thing was to draw. And so it was really busy. And here's Ben saying, let's. Let's make it a concept that they have to draw. So I was like, okay, Ben, that sounds, that sounds good. What are you thinking? And he comes up to me and he whispers to me, happiness. And I went, what? And I went, no, I trust Ben. He's a Ben. Uh, I trust him. He's a fantastic leader. Um, go to him. So the kids went over to Ben and they went over to him and he told them what they had to draw. And I said, Ben, what did you say? And he said, happiness. And I said, What? Happiness, you know, when you're really happy about something. And I said, oh, that's not what I heard. I didn't hear ha, I heard eh, penis. <laughs> a penis. Now, before we all get funny about the fact that I said the word penis in church this morning, everybody has one in their family, so stop squirming about it, okay? Now, I stood around and I thought I'd better go scroll around and see what these kids are drawing this morning. So I went around them and within half a second I said, stop, no! The kids had heard exactly what I had heard. <laughs> now these kids didn't blink. They didn't even bother. We stopped them, we gave them something else, they carried on. They didn't even, you know, I didn't even phase them. And this is what I love about the kids. I can sit there and I can say, hey, this is what we're drawing today. Sure. Hey, Jesus loves you. Sure, yeah, actually, yeah. Hey, the sword of the Spirit can help you against the enemy's um, burning arrows, right? Yeah. The kids are like, yeah, they're like sponges. They just, like, yeah, Anne. And I feel this responsibility as a leader. Let you, I want you to know that I understand that these kids are just like sponges learning. And we feel that responsibility out there to teach and teach well. And, um, you know, those, they'll get to a point where they're like this lot over here who like to challenge and question those things. And that's great. You guys do that part. But these guys, they are just amazing at the way they just um, listen and take things on. And so I feel really blessed out there. So that's my story. I don't know if we'll get to share that in the second service or not. We'll see. <laughs> so our first slide up this morning. Do you call them slides nowadays? Is that a bit old school? Matthew 25 challenge. This morning, I have the privilege to share with you about the Matthew 25 challenge um, that is being launched this year. And we had Philip Sampsford come in last year. I don't know if you remember him. He's the guy who launched the Chosen Initiative. And we got an opportunity to be chosen by people over in uh, Nilfamari, Bangladesh. And those kids, our photos got taken over there, those of us who wanted to sponsor, and they got to choose who they wanted to have be their sponsor. It was just beautiful. They took photos over there, um, holding photos of us, and then we received that showing who had chosen us to be their sponsor. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful initiative. And so when he came in, Philip came in again and saw our staff and he said, look, we've got this new initiative coming out, Matthew 25 Challenge. We listened to it. We were excited. We were moved and we really wanted to get on board with the challenge. And it is 
fantastic. In fact, I was on the edge of my seat going, oh, I'd love to do this. Can I speak about this again? Because I'd really love to do it. He was like, you can do the wrap-up part. Actually ended up me being on this side of it, actually promoting it, which is what I wanted to do. Because I think it is awesome. And I like sleeping on the floor. I think it's fun. <laughs> Ask me that next week. <laughs> so, um, so this morning I want to share. Hold on a minute. Excuse me. <laughs> I want to share a few thoughts around Matthew 25, break down the practicalities of the challenge, and have a little bit of a walkthrough to get to that point in Matthew 25. So if you've got your Bibles with you, you can move, uh, turn to Matthew 21. Oh, we're going to do a little bit of a journey this morning to get to Matthew 25. <clears throat> I want to set the scene. I won't be reading it word for word, but we will be. <clears throat> you can follow through with your eyes if you like and have a look at the titles and it'll take you to on this bit of the journey. So in Matthew 21, this is leading to the point where Jesus is going to have this discussion with the disciples. <clears throat> and he, he has come to Jerusalem and he is making a very bold statement. So Jesus is turning up and he gets himself onto a donkey, onto a colt, and he makes a statement showing that he is fulfilling the prophecy of a coming king. In Zechariah 9.9, it says that righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on the colt, the foal of a donkey, this is the king that is coming, right? This is who is coming. It's this, a prophetic statement. And Jesus, he's actually making a huge point coming in right now. He goes into the temple, and I just want to create a little bit of a picture of this temple. Now, I love Matthew because Matthew has some great descriptive stuff in there. He paints a good picture, I think. And look, when we go into a temple, like a big giant mall, I suppose, and we've got some people selling funny kind of food things over here and maybe some interesting shoes over here and material here. And Matthew mentions, and I like that he mentions these two things. He says there were money lenders. And there were pigeons being sold in that place. Now, if you want to create a picture that's pretty amazing and where things are going to be turned around, money and pigeons create a fantastic picture in a small place, right? Fantastic. So he went on in there and he went in and he was driving out those using the temple as a marketplace. And crowds were following him. So there were all these people in there. And they were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna in the highest. The son of David referred to Jesus as their Messiah. And Hosanna literally means, I beg you to save. Please deliver us. This is a big statement that he's making. It says that the whole city was stirred up saying, who is this? And the crowds responded, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth. And then Jesus takes this moment. Now, okay, so we're in this, we're in this more than this um, big marketplace. He's angry. He's turning over tables. He's, he's flipping over chairs. There's pigeons. There's maybe a, a, a colt in the room as well. There's all sorts of stuff going on, money flying everywhere. And this is what he says. Now, if you have your Bible, please turn to this. Matthew 21, verse 13, it says in here, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. 
Now, this is where I wish there was such a thing as emojis in the Bible, because I don't know how that was read. I know how I would read it and how I would feel in the situation. He must have been pretty brassed off. So this morning, I'm actually looking for someone who's a teenager who has a bit of teenage angst in the room. Do we have a teenager with some teenage angst in the room? <laughs> would someone like to read it? Brie, would you like to read it to us? Not a chance. Go, Daniel. All right, and the red letters. My house. My house will be called a house of prayer, but you're making it a den of robbers. Okay, so he could have said it like that. Do you know what? I did think about it, and I thought, Jesus is a pretty nice guy. Maybe we need to find the nicest guy in the room to read it. Anyone want to volunteer as the nicest guy in the room? Where's Peter Froe? Hey, he is a nice guy. You've got the red letters in front of you probably. My house will be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. Awesome. Okay. Do we have any teachers in the room? Oh, there's someone at the back. There's someone back there as well. Oh, Miriam, come on. Maria, now look, I've got a teaching background and I'm a mum of five children and I know what a teacher's voice sounds like, yeah. right? Can you hear me? Right, teacher's voice this morning. <laughs> My house. My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. We've got some feeling this morning. <laughs> Fantastic. See, I knew the teachers would know how to say it. <laughs> it was either a teacher or, a, or a, someone with lots of children, because um, I feel you. <laughs> okay, so we've got this going on. We've got a really busy kind of morning. Jesus has come in. He's made a statement. He's flicking tables everywhere. everywhere. He's challenging what's going on in his father's house. And, you know, it says, in the, it says here that there were uh, priests and scribes and the chief priests were indignant. So I looked that up to give some more descriptive words to that. And these are my favorite. They were riled, nettled, vexed, my favorite, irked, not best pleased. <laughs> it was a really, really big day. And then after this, on this journey of this is what's been happening, Jesus gets to the end of that day and he goes and stays somewhere else to sleep. Good idea, I think. Leave that city for a minute, go somewhere else, have a sleep. And he wakes up the next morning and he's really hungry. Now here we see some of the beauty of the humanity of God here. Right, here's Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Alpha, the Omega, the ultimate hero of mankind, having a much-needed sleep and feeling hungry in the morning. And he chose to live as one of us, to feel what we feel, to know what we know and understand us and live with, as someone with human needs. So Hebrews 4 verse 15. Let's stick that up. For we do not have a high priest who was unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, 
yet he did not sin. Now these are a couple of things that I want to point at today. And one of these things is putting aside who we are, what we have rights to, what we've obtained, and the fact that we live in this beautiful country, New Zealand, to consider the needs of others so that we can sympathize and show empathy. God did it. Right, so that day, he returned to the temple courts. After he'd had his breakfast, so we've had him come in, make this statement, go sleep somewhere else, come back. And he's like, right, I'm going to say a few things. And so this is us leading into chapter 25, because this is Jesus talking. He uses lots of parables to share with them. And I love, well, I don't know if I would be feeling really uncomfortable, but in chapter 23, if you're in there, you're going to see lots and lots of verses that say this. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Jesus turns to the crowd and his disciples, and he literally is like making a spectacle of these Pharisees. Woe to you, blind guides, you blind fools, you blind men. Listen to this one. You blind guides, you strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. You strain out a gnat, but you swallow a camel. Let's leave it at that one. <laughs> it's an interesting picture. You snakes, you brood of vipers. Jesus' frustration is with those who talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. On verse 28, it says, On the outside, this is what Jesus is saying, On the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Glenn's been encouraging us to be the light in our community. We had Aidan and we had Tracy and John showing how they be the light in their community. And this is our challenge. Hi, kids. Come on up. Welcome. You can sit on a seat or you can sit up here. And if you look under your seat, you might find chocolate too. <laughs> so... Number one, we are called to walk the talk, not be hypocrites, be filled with knowledge and no action, or maybe some action when it's convenient for us. And number two, may our hearts be moved with compassion that will move us to action. So I've got a little wee thing here called light camera action. This might help you to remember something of what I've said. Light, to live in the light, so be followers of Christ, live in that light, choose God. Choose to be a Christian, choose to follow him, and choose to live in his ways. Camera, be the image of Christ. So live as the light. I'm living as a Christian, but it's got to be more than that. I've got to not just look like I'm a Christian. I'm saying I'm not swearing. I'm doing the right things. I'm tithing. I'm reading my Bible. It's not just about that. It's action. Be Liberate the light. I was going to say leech the light. didn't sound quite right, but about giving that light out, being Christ to others. So light camera action. Right, we need to keep moving. Put your hand up if you got a coin this morning. Or a, or a note, yeah? Put your hand up if you didn't and you felt like it was unfair. Bit rough, eh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what I would like to just question you on this morning was those of you who got some money, I saw someone doing this. He might be the one of the key leaders at our church. <clears throat> Who stole money from another seat? <laughs> uh -huh. 
Now, now I know some of you got none, and I know that some of you got one, and I know that some of you got a bunch of money. Did we share our money this morning? Good to hear you good, faithful followers of Christ. (laughs) A little bit of a challenge for us this morning. You know, it's so easy to hold on to the things that we've... We want, I don't know, maybe you had five of them, you put four in your pocket and you gave one away to someone next to you. I don't know. A little bit of a challenge for our attitudes this morning. Somebody gave them all away, bless you. (laughs) So we're at Matthew 25. We've journeyed there to see that Jesus is one who can understand and has compassion on our needs and that Jesus doesn't like people who don't, Um, activate their Christianity, who are just all the talk and not the walk. So in Matthew 25, the sheep and the goats. I'm going to read it to you. You can read along, if you like, up on the screen. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He's going to put the sheep on the right And the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And then verse 37 questioning, when did we do this? In verse 40, he says, King will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters, you did for me. This parable opens with Jesus gathering the nations to him, then separating them into two groups, the sheep and the goats. And both groups are surprised by the finding of the judgment. And we might be surprised too that the differentiating factor between the two groups is how they respond to the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the unclothed, to the sick, and to the prisoner. This isn't necessarily the way that we understand the evidence of salvation. Every time we come to contact with someone that's needy, we have the opportunity to activate and demonstrate our faith. This radical hospitality is a part of our Christian life. We should be doing it. How we personally treat those who are vulnerable is a test for our authenticity of our faith. Jesus identifies with the vulnerable, and when we serve them, we serve him. This is what he's saying. The parable asks and questions us whether we are really seeking to follow Jesus if we are not doing these things. So let's clear up some potential controversy that I noted. Does this passage teach salvation by works then? It does not. The Bible's really clear that we're not saved by works, that we are saved by faith and by grace and not by works. But we are called to pass on this grace that we've received onto others by our good works. And we are called to pass on this grace to those most in need. And Jesus sets that example throughout Scripture, how he shows love and grace and compassion to those who are most in need, the ugly of the world, the dogs of the world, the outcasts of the world. Yeah.
uh, Glenn would have shared a few um, little wee promotional videos, I think, with you and um, leading up to this challenge. And Ed Carlson from Mount Roskill, there's, um, I want to just quote what he said on it. I think it's fantastic. At the end of the day, if our hearts aren't moved, nothing's going to move the church. It is easy to read scripture, but it's another thing to actually feel the scripture. We cannot say we know Christ and do nothing about those people who he's talking about. If we do nothing about them, we miss the whole deal of what it is to be followers of Christ. So we come into this Matthew 25 challenge. Right, kids in the room, you guys have seen one of these, right? We've talked about this. I was out there this morning briefly sharing about how I was going to talk to you guys. And last week we had a look at this challenge and the kids are excited. Bring it on. So we have got a sway resource. Here we go. This is something that is going to be, like Debbie said, message to you. So if you opt in to be a part of this, then you will kind of get these, these texts and you'll get things like little messages, things to pray about, some photos of people in need and some guidance around that particular challenge for that morning. And not only that, you get a family activity guide that you can use if you've got a family with kids. If you don't have a family with kids and you want an activity guide, you go for it, okay? We can print off more if we need to. Now in here, it will have some ideas and some things to kind of talk about, activities, and a discussion around the table kind of thing to have um, conversations with your family and some cool questions. And so that will work you through the week. And you will have seen these. We've got our Monday challenge, our Tuesday challenge. You get these texts to you to remind you, you can have one of these. So you've got the paperwork, you've got the tech work. If you don't have the tech work and you're like, well, I don't have a phone, how do I be a part of this? Come see us, we can make that happen. We can figure that one out. And um, yeah, so there's lots of challenges. The hungry thing, eating beans and rice, right? Who knows what beans those are? Jelly beans? I don't know. <laughs> Naughty, eh? <laughs> oh, I love rice bubbles. Anyway, <laughs> giving up things to drink and only drinking water. I mean, I don't like coffee, so that's it's not a big deal for me. Uh, but no Coca-Cola, right? Sleeping on the floor, let me tell you, we are no longer living in our shed. We are living it in our home now. And sleeping on the floor is going to be luxury, I tell you. We've got thick insulation underneath. And you know what? Us kids, me and the kids, we were talking about this, and we were like, oh, it'll be fun. We can sit up in the lounge room. We can sleep by the fire. We can get a whole lot of goodies and watch a movie. And I went, oh, hang on a minute. That's a bit too much fun. How is that about understanding the situation of what people go through? Back to the shed. <laughs> oh, we did, like... Three and a bit years of that. <laughs> so, you know, it's a cool journey. And I want to encourage you to do this. And I want to encourage you that this isn't just about you doing it. This is about us doing this as a family. And it's not actually even just about us doing it as a family here because there are other people signing up for this particular week in New Zealand to do this alongside us doing it. How cool is that, right? So, you know, I have got no problem saying if you've experienced something cool with your family or you've learnt something or it was just really hard, pop it on our Family Thrive page. 
Let's talk about it. Let's have conversations about it. Watch your Thrive Family page because you can make comments about how it was for these people who are sharing. Why not? Let's do this as a family. And yes, the kids are super excited. I'm super excited. I am a little bit like a big kid. But, um, you know, we're going to have a little bit of a look from uh, World Vision of the video soon. Actually, I can roll into that, can't I? So let's just do that. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Matthew 25 is definitely an incredible passage and it's something that you do hear a lot. But hearing and actually applying it to your life is, is a very uh, different thing. Well, when it came to the Water Day Challenge, three words come to mind. Caffeine, withdrawal, headaches. Going without coffee all day was a lot harder than I thought. I'd get these headaches, but every time I did, it would remind me of the six kilometer walk that women and children have to do to get unclean water. A moment that really stands out to me was when Sarah um, came up to me and said, Daddy, Daddy, we haven't prayed for the refugees today. We must pray. My first thought was, this'll be easy. I grew up missing meals and sleeping on the floor, but my daughters, not so much. They were challenged to come out of their Wi-Fi life and actually experience what kids around the world experience every single day. Awesome. What a great, great challenge. Look, if you want to be part of this Matthew 25 challenge and you haven't had the opportunity to do this yet, up on the screen is going to be uh, a little wee way of how to do it. Let's have a look. So if you've got your phone on you and you haven't done this yet, pull out your phone. And look, if this is something you're thinking, oh, I don't know if I can do this, why don't you take the journey with us and read along and see what's happening. You can get those texts and just see what we're doing as a church family to go along on this journey. So if you take your text your first name to 2060 to sign up, and you will start to get those messages as of tomorrow, and you'll be on that journey with us. Hey, look, thank you for hearing this this morning. Really appreciate sharing this with you, and um, I really look forward to taking this journey with you guys and hearing how it goes along. And tune in for next week uh, with Glenn, who's going to share a little bit about how that journey may have been for so many of us. Cool.